Last time on Cursebreaker. We were running out of options in our battle against Tonberry's curse. Uli moved to absorb the remaining magic water, causing the curse to flee by jumping into the fountain before it was consumed. But just as she overflowed with magic, she lost control of its power and lost consciousness in an explosive blast. Some days later, after Uli awoke in the infirmary, Margot and Benjamin wasted no time in conscripting some of the party into the ranks of the Cursebreakers. They've got their tattoos, and they know how to use them. It's time to break some curses. So, uh, Margot had led all of you into the basement of the Tower of Knowledge, into a section that not even Bert knew existed, uh, below the basement, uh, in a secret compartment Top in secret. the very bottom of the tower. Uh, down there, she asked which of you would like to become curse breakers. Uh, three of you. That would be Uli, Tio, and Holly. Present. Uh, <laughs> agreed to sign up. As a curse breaker, you got your tattoo. Uh, one more time, where did you get those tattoos? I got mine over my heart. <laughs> I was like in the basement. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I think I said forearm so I could like finger gun. Holly has hers on the inside of her left arm on her bicep. Cool. Uh, so you're all kind of uh, flexing and checking out your tats. Uh, Bert even did Uli's tattoo. Um, <laughs> To get used to his inks a little bit. Bert, you were given the silver light quill. Uh, that is uh, Benjamin Blank's handmade masterwork piece that he used himself for a number of years that he's bestowed onto you. It's a good quill. Um, Margot says, I have here some cursed items. And she uh, opens up a canvas and shows you three things. Uh, there's a small golden ring, a small sewing needle, and a little compact mirror. She says... These are all cursed to a certain degree. Um, some of them worse than others. And she uh, gestures towards the mirror. She says, We're going to learn how to deal with these firsthand. Snack and um, Bert, I mm. think it's important that you pay close attention. Snack walks back into the room. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with this. Uh, she picks up uh, the cursed ring. And she says, Snack, would you care to demonstrate? We're going to curse you for a brief moment. I agree to That's this. a good boy. And yes. she grabs your hand. <laughs> um, it fits over two fingers. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so t she takes this big gold band and slips it over two of your fingers. Make a, a wisdom save. A tough one. How's a... Five. Inadequate. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. She... Um, she takes a big step back from you, and you feel yourself reaching immediately for your sick-looking dagger. And the only thing on your mind is to puncture. I pull out the dagger, and I got it um, equipped to stab. I'm holding it out towards uh, anything. <laughs> so is this going to curse him, or what? <laughs> I mean, look at him. He's, he's poised to stab. It, this ring makes anyone want to stab who wears it. I... What if they already wanted to stab? Does it increase the stabability? Or... Do I enjoy it more? I stab uh, the floor quickly. Margot says, That won't do. It's got to be flesh snack. I agree. 
I look around and don't see any enemies. I'm quite torn. Benjamin Blank uh, is just kind of like holding his arm out subtly, but he's also loosely pointing at Bert. Like, <clears throat> don't stab me, stab Bert. <laughs> um. Oh, oh boy. I take a step back. Bert, do you have any uh, pains in your leg? I've never felt better, Mr. Snack. You could always feel better. <laughs> Bert, this is what we call a lesser curse. And, like, uh, Snack is, like, moving towards you. What do you do? Uh, I just keep backing away, keeping pace with him. Bert, if I'm not mistaken, remove curse is in your repertoire, is it not? Oh, it is. Is this a lesson for me? Because I'll gladly not get stabbed. Indeed, remove curse would be the correct option here. This is something that doesn't need the power of these tattoos. Go ahead, Bert. All right, get out of here, curse. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Snack, you feel the ring uh, vibrate for a moment, and then it gets really slippery, and it just falls right off your fingers. And uh, you're just kind of holding the knife, and all of that stabby joy has left you. Mm. You feel like it wouldn't even be fun to stab Bert. I just kind of like haphazardly like throw it into the ground to try to get it to stick into the floor uh go ahead yeah roll roll an attack (laughs) against the floor 25 yeah it sticks (laughs) nice she says yes minor curses can be broken by a wide array of people the same is true for this needle and she picks up a needle um off of the canvas and she holds it up in the air and she says you see at its base a curse is just malfunctioning magic that's all it is an enchantment gone wrong this needle was intended for a specific effect but it was poorly crafted and uh, well have you ever heard of an immovable rod Hmm. it sounds familiar i have not heard this joke those are cool An immovable rod is, it's a small silver stick, I suppose, usually with a button on it that uh, can be clicked to cause the rod to stay in midair as long as you want it to. Unfortunately, this needle functions much the same way. And she, like, lets go of it and just, it, the needle just stays in midair. She says, wow. hard to see, isn't it? This could withstand up to a thousand pounds of force moving through it. Pretty clear why that would be a problem. Ugh. These are the kinds of items you need to get rid of as your duty. And uh, she casts Remove Curse on it as well, and it falls to the ground harmlessly. Those are easy to deal with. These, and she points to the mirror, are different. Ben Blank walks up to the mirror and says, uh, Allow me, this one's a little more scary. He picks it up and uh, looks into it, and he turns his back so that you can all see what he's seeing in the mirror. And uh, as he's holding it, you can see this reflection of a, a large uh, dog-like beast with multiple tails kind of creeping up behind Benjamin in this reflection. Margot quietly says, This casts a spell called Phantasmal Killer on whoever holds it. It's also an extremely bad curse. There's a chance that a specter could slip through. And uh, sure enough, you guys see a little bit of that white curse energy start to emanate from the mirror and move towards Benjamin Blank. She says, okay, curse breakers, it's up to you. Step one. Save a curse. (laughs) (laughs) Feed. Bait. Beat. Date the curse. (laughs) Date the curse. Very close. It's bait the curse. (laughs) I'd like all three of you to try at the same time. This is the mana flare, correct? That's correct. It's the first circle. It's it, the uh, mana flare. <laughs> <laughs> we cast the mana flare from the first circle. Okay. Um, on the count of three, 
One. Oh, I did mine already. Two. <laughs> All right, Tibio. One, two, three. Ding. And on three, Tibio and Holly do theirs. And, uh, so Uli's is, is first, but uh, Uli, you uh, you take on that look again, that sort of white prismatic energy uh that causes those geometric patterns to show up all over your skin and uh you kind of fuse with the weave and then shortly thereafter tibio and holly the same thing happens to you um where you can feel your magical energy uh kind of filling you and then fading away as quickly as it came the uh the curse uh immediately effuses out of that mirror and you can see that same multiple tailed dog cerberus kind of shape work its way into the real world and growl at the three of you. Uh, Benjamin Blank drops the mirror and gets the fuck out of there. All right, uh, step two, uh, Tibio, master student. Uh, we use uh, the disenchant from Monsieur Blank to suppress the magic. All right, three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> we need some sound effects here in yeah. the post. We'll add it. Ding! Yeah. <laughs> um, each of you layer over. <laughs> What is step two called? Disenchant. Disenchant. Blanks disenchant. They just never say it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they don't call that one out so much. It doesn't have a snappy name. Uh, The three of you layer your disenchant effects over each other, causing this thing to be super disenchanted. (laughs) And uh, the curse has nowhere to run to. And she says, this is it. I hope none of you had uh, more spells you wanted to cast today, because this is going to be it. Use the last circle. Give it everything you've got, because if that's not enough, well, that's the end of the line for you. Holly just um, points her left hand up in the air, like open-fisted, open-handed. Okay. I point straight up. I do the Kamehameha. Nice. (laughs) Uh, So from each of you springs this pure, white, thin line that races towards this curse energy and slams into it. Uh, So each of you are going to roll uh, a d10 of force damage for each spell level that you have available to you at the moment. So if you've got a level 4 spell available, you automatically get 4 points. If you've got a level 3 available, that adds 3 points and so on. So do you want our Yeah, give me your, your total here. 45. Damn. 53. Damn. So 34. Okay, so we got 45, 53, and 34. Yeah. I rolled a lot of threes. 132 damage between the three of you. Uh, you guys absolutely erase this dog from existence. Um, you can see that the curse has just been deleted. It did not retreat back to where it came from. It is gone. <laughs> Who let the dogs out? Not us. <laughs> Snack is pulling on Margot's sleeve right now. Yes, Snack. I, Snack, want this power now. Because you saw the big laser beam? Yes, I want to do this thing. <laughs> Make a uh, charisma check against Benjamin Blank's uh, perception here. Eleven. Ben shakes his head side to side and he says, I don't think it's a good idea. Margo says, mm-hmm. he's right. If your motivation is the explosive power... Yes, I'm yes. not oh. sure that's the right motivation. <laughs> I see. Snack needs to earn this power. No, Snack. You have to help, want to help people break the curses. Mm. Benjamin Blank looks at Bert for like a quick second, kind of hiding his expression from the rest of the group. And uh, Bert, uh, he nods at you just really subtly, really briefly. And he says, when he's ready. I subtly nod back. This is fine. And I scamper away. <laughs> On another note, Bert, you're going to need to learn how to properly use these. And uh, he shows you those inks again. Mm-hmm. I am ready. Let's start with this one. 
uh, it's a, a silvery ink uh, in a little bottle that he shows you. He says, this is a special concoction I call the Ink of Ingress. I'll just paraphrase here. You can uh, draw a line on the ground, and this can be done by swiping the quill, not na- actually making contact with the ground. Oh. Uh, but you kind of like throw it out. Uh, you've got 15 feet worth of ink in this thing. Uh, so wherever you draw a line, uh, nothing can cross that. When they attempt to, a, uh, a wall of text uh, 30 feet high uh, blocks them from doing so. And uh, the wall has 1d4 times 5 HP. Okay, so it's invisible until... Until they bunk into it. Great. He says, this is called the Ink of Ingress. And he uh, takes out the quill, and he, like, swipes it across the ground or close to it. And uh, then he, like, takes a running start and just kind of shoulder checks the wall. And it just goes, boom, and kind of shivers. As you see, all these, like, words, like, just stack up over each other until they're uh, imperceptible. It's just lorem ipsum. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I was like, what is that? (laughs) It's just placeholder text. (laughs) Yes. Says this next one. I call it the ink of ether. This creates a uh, temporary tattoo that increases their AC against magical attacks by four and reduces all magical damage they take by two. At this point, he takes the time to show you the other function of the Silverlight Quill. He picks up a book off the ground and he holds the pen to the page and you see all of the letters disappear on the page and suck into the quill. He says, The nice thing about this quill is that everything's reversible. Everything you do, it can suck up any ink, no matter how long it's been there. Oh, it's beautiful, Ben. He he pokes a tattoo on his own skin, and you see this koi fish just disappear. Oh. It gives you a lot of room for revisions. Cool. He's probably going to need that, so that's good. (laughs) And this last one, well, it's the best thing I've ever made. I call it the ink of the weave. Uh, This ink... uh, can contain magic, pure and simple. It can store one spell of the highest level you can cast, and you just give somebody a tattoo and you store one of your spells into it, and they can use it. Cool. That's neat. That's extremely good. Hey, Bert. Uh, I was wondering if you could get rid of a tattoo for me. <laughs> I pull down my uh, the back of my shirt, and it just it says Dave. <laughs> <laughs> It's like a, it's like a stick and poke. Yeah, I definitely gave this to myself. It's upside down. It's very faded. It's like your own shoulder. Clearly not Holly, a fresh tattoo. Holly and Tibio, like look at each other, like I knew it. <laughs> oh, Uli, are you, are you sure you two seem to hit it off so well? Yeah, it's old news. <laughs> All right, uh, good time to check out this silver quill. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. That's so good. <laughs> Yeah, you uh, you undo a, a very poorly done. It's like she did it on her own back. You can imagine what that looks like. It's backwards because I did it yeah, in a mirror. Yeah. <laughs> backwards and upside down. <laughs> Who's Evab? <laughs> Evab. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks for it. Here's to making better decisions in the future. <laughs> Margot says, um, I feel like you have the tools now to go out and do some real good. Thank you for um, sharing all this knowledge with us. I'm, I'm so excited to get out there and, I don't know, just be able to face these things on our own. It's, it's going to be a game changer for sure. Yes. Thank you. We will not let you down. 
Also, I can't believe you withheld this information from me for like the 15 years I've known you. So also unthank you for that. <laughs> I, I apologize. I, I should have known you for more than just a humble cobbler. Thank you. You should have. <laughs> if, if you find other people who you deem worthy and might join our cause, I, I urge you to enlist them, to give them the Cursebreaker tattoo. We need to grow our numbers as we seem to keep losing them. Um, as uh, Margot says that, Holly's like getting shifty-eyed, like, are we in a cult? Are we in a cult? Is this we're a cult? Kind of, we're kind of in a cult. It's not a cult. <laughs> um, that's what people in cults say. It's, it's unfortunate how often we need to reiterate that this is not a cult. Why can't I be in the cult anymore? <laughs> I don't understand. Well, when we're looking for candidates, we'll be sure to let them know up front it's not a cult. <laughs> it's usually the first thing we say. <laughs> when you leave, uh, you realize that it's well past midnight, that you all have been here, like, the entire night. When you get back to the main floor of the Tower of Knowledge, you all hear footsteps, even though this place is otherwise completely empty. Um, Holly, like, gets in the Cursebreaker pose again with one, uh, her left arm up in the air. <laughs> She's a little on edge from everything that's happened the last few days. Um, I would like to do a check um, using what I called Ronnie's Radius. Mm, okay. Um, and I would like to check for curses and dark magic. Yeah, okay. Nasty 22. Nice. Okay. Uh, so you do not feel the presence of a curse here. You know that much is true. Whatever threatens this space is not a curse. I'd say you do sense an evil presence. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and you realize it's coming from above you. Like the floor above or in the same space? In the but... same space above. <clears throat> there's something. There's something here with us. Something. Something malevolent. Where is it, Tibio? Uh, I can feel it above us. Uh, you all look up and see a bridge descending. I scuttle toward a wall. Snack, fly up there and see what's on there. Mm, I fly up. So, Snack, <laughs> as you uh, levitate up, you lock eyes with Judge Flan. Ooh. Hey! As she's being lowered to the ground and her eyes just go wide upon seeing you and you see her, like, reach into her robes. I wouldn't do such a thing. She says, you're not supposed to be here. Judge Flan, we would like to speak with you. Uh, you all hear that echo out on the main floor. Flan is here? Who let her go? Isn't uh, she in prison? Yeah, I thought we... We don't have any spell slots, kids. They do. Don't say that out loud, Tibio. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> the bridge uh, kind of sets onto the main floor, and she realizes she's effectively encircled by your group. Is she alone? She's alone. Okay. And she says, no spell slots, huh? <laughs> That's unfortunate for you. Tibio clearly didn't say that. <laughs> we have something to say to you, Flan, and it does not involve a cult. <laughs> no, snack? She, she flicks her eyes down at Snack. I check her sleeves and her arms. Uh, no tattoos, if that's what you're looking for. Hmm. There's quite a lot of canvas here for you, Bert. Not a good candidate, Mr. Snack. I see I don't know what's going on then. <laughs> and Snack walks away. Judge Flynn, how did you get out of the nesting doll? That's not important. What's important is that I leave quietly. And that's the end of this. Listen to me. I am no longer a judge of Tildry. Good. Doesn't mean you're not a bitch. Hey! <laughs> the sense that I got from her is that she's evil. 
we can't let you leave. Who let you out of your cell? I admit I might have had to force the issue. Mm-hmm. I didn't kill anyone. Everybody give me a perception check. Natural one. Bam. Fifteen. Eighteen. Fifteen. Fourteen. Okay. Uh, I think everybody but Uli uh, <laughs> notices that parts... <laughs> Uli hears a bird and looks behind her. <laughs> <laughs> you all notice uh, parts of Flan's clothes are singed. She says, I, I didn't kill anyone. I just needed to make an escape. I needed to grab some things from my office, and now I'm leaving, and you'll never see me again. We can't let you leave. You're a prisoner of the city. I agree. And I pull out the rock rope and start wrapping it around uh, Judge Flan. Not ex-Judge Flan. Um, she, uh, she takes a step back uh, and kind of like, she doesn't want to spend too long in that circle of rope. Um, and she like holds up both of her hands and she's like, you wouldn't want anything terrible to happen, would you? I love lots of terrible things. You see her like point her palms at the entire group. Hey, not here in the Tower of Knowledge. Let's take this outside, maybe? That's right. How bad do you want this to get? I cast Ray of Frost. Uh, dirty 20. Yeah, that hits her. Nice. Five cold damage. Okay. And her speed is reduced by 10 feet until the start of my next turn. Okay. Uh, snack. She's like too slow to really elude your rope much longer. She keeps, like, stepping away from you so that you can't get around her, but now you can see that, like, rhyme is forming over her feet every time she touches down, and she has to, like, snap her boots away from the ground. I, I run around quickly and say, rock rope. Okay. Um, so uh, you can see her, like, take another step and kind of fumble now as uh, her, her legs are, like, loosely tied with this uh, stone hula hoop. <laughs> she raises her palms to each of you, and she says, you've seen fireballs, haven't you? You've never seen a fireball like this. And you see her like raise her hands to the ground and she's within 10 feet of each of you. And she just drops them to the ground. Holly quickly um, points to Snack and messages him. Call someone to help us with the gavel. Uh, Who could help us right now? Um, I smack the gavel on the ground. I summon Dave. Uh, oh God. <laughs> Give me a contested initiative. You are rolling against Flan to get the gavel off before she gets the fireball off. Mm, okay. I would like to bend luck on her roll okay. to give a D4 disadvantage. Mine's an 11. She rolled an 11, got a minus three. <laughs> okay. Nice. Um, Dave shows up and says, uh, he just like looks around and you can see he's like wearing like night clothes. But, <laughs> oh. he, was gonna, like, he has like a nightcap on with the ball and everything. Uh, <laughs> Dave, did you know that Uli had a tattoo on her back shoulder? <laughs> Dave, also there's a fireball about to go off. I don't know how to stop it. Dave goes, you did? And then you see the fireball go off. <laughs> uh, so you see this bright flash in her palms and then everything goes white. And her fireball turns into icy fog and nobody can see anyone from the ground in this space six floors up it just plumes like a fire extinguisher uh the icy protocol has gone off uh, right. that prevents fire from sure. being used in the tower of knowledge none of you can see anything what do you do i cast uh locate object okay the object is her robes okay <laughs> Is it, like, generally the same place she was, or is she, like... You can tell she's moving uh, towards the east exit. Okay, Slowly. I want to race and drop a little ingress line in front of the exit. Okay. Yeah, give me a contested uh, dexterity check against that. 19. Damn. Well, she got a four. Okay. 
Go ahead. Hip, hip, hip. I uh, draw a line in front of the exit. Okay. Uh, and you hear the characteristic. And then, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of the way. Well, boom. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and you hear her kind of collapse. Uh, snack. You can feel this rope being tugged away from you. It's, I mean, stiff as it is. Uh, you can feel that she never took the time to get it off of her like feet or off of her knees. So she's just dragging this along the ground, and you still have a hand on it. Okay, I'm trying to dig my heels in, but I'm just slipping and falling on my tail. And, yeah. Um, Dave, you're supposed to help me. Uh, he says, "I can't find you. Where are you?" Uh, I'm right over here. Keep talking. All right, and I'm just using- sing something. Under the mountain, snack goes. Um. Ah, there you are. Okay. (laughs) Uh, He grabs the rope, and you just see uh, the veins in his arms, like, puff out as he flexes as hard as he can. He says, she's not going anywhere. Yes, we are going to stab her to death. (laughs) Well, snack approaches Judge Flan and uh, pulls out his sick-looking dagger. Brandishing it gives me uh, a, a bonus to my uh, intimidate check. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ex-Judge Flan, Snack has not had the opportunity to stab much recently, and he quite desires this. Do, do give me one more reason. Yeah, okay. Uh, go ahead and give me that intimidate check. 19. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, because of her circumstances, uh, she took a disadvantage on that and ended up with a two. Okay. Um, so she is uh, just moving backwards away from you, uh, kind of scrabbling uh, over herself. Um, I'm like stabbing the knife like around her leg just to <laughs> extra intimidate her. Yeah. She yes. keeps like uh, pulling her feet away from you. <laughs> Snack, stop. We have her. Of course, Prosecutor Tibio. <laughs> We need to bring her back to the cells and figure out what happened. It looks like she may have hurt someone. Uh, do we know who is in charge of the law now that the judges are not? You see uh, Margot and Ben are coming up through the spiral staircase now uh, into the main floor. They were just shooting the shit in the basement. Yeah, yeah. And you hear Margot say, so anyway, I was thinking of getting into local government now that there's sort of a vacuum. <laughs> what is going on up here? Oh, uh, Miss Bingo, uh, ex-Judge Flynn has been attempting an escape and... Oh, my God. We, uh, apprehended her. No, no, you did good. (laughs) (sighs) What have we here? And Flan just, like, stares at the floor like a scolded child. (laughs) You see Henry uh, walking into the Tower of Knowledge from outside. His clothes are singed. He is holding a shattered nesting doll. Well, hold up, Henry. (laughs) <laughs> Let me suck that up for you. He goes, boom. <laughs> <laughs> he gets close to the entrance again, and he like is too afraid to go through now. It's good. It's good. I'll be the first to admit I um, made a bit of a mistake. <laughs> Took my eyes off her for a bit. Yeah. Sorry. It's okay. We caught her for you, but you definitely shouldn't be in charge of jail keeping anymore. <laughs> you seem to uh, do that a lot, actually. I mean, when you're right, you're right. Uh, Not a good track record so far. Um, But you came and found her after we got her. Can we just get her on lockdown again, please? Uh, It's making me nervous, having her just tied up in the rope. And they they kind of deal with with Judge Flan. They uh, they give you your rock rope back, and uh, they just use regular uh, manacles to to bind her and keep her. But now she's got Margot Bingo, Benjamin Blank, and Henry Maltrift on her, uh, leading her back to captivity. I'm tired. 
Yeah, it's been a long day. Yeah, you three must be uh, pretty beat, huh? I don't have any magic left. I am very tired. Bye, Dave. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh. He goes, huh? <laughs> Before Margot leaves, she uh, she says, by the way, I'm uh, having a barbecue uh, tomorrow if you wanted to come. I don't know if I want to see anything else on fire. Maybe I'll make a decision about a barbecue in the morning. She says, great. And she uh, catches up with Henry again. Uh, so you guys actually have some downtime in Tildry. Uh, the next morning, Holly, uh, you get a visitor from your guild. Uh, it's Mina. She says uh, that a bunch of the craftspeople came together and are currently at your house fixing everything that had been done. Oh, that's such great news, Mina. Ugh. I mean, it didn't take much, and they should be done by tonight, actually. We just we put out a little bit for collections, and we knew you guys were worth it, and we knew you needed a place to stay, so... You guys are the best. And Holly gives her a big hug. And uh, I've got something else for you. Um, Presents? Well, present. This was a little concoction I came up with, um, inspired by what happened to my store. I call it a bottled blizzard. Hmm. The uh, bottled blizzard, when when you unstopper it, uh, it puts out all fires in a 50-foot radius. That's a huge area. I feel like that would be very useful around me yeah hopefully they're building it with some reinforcements this time because apparently i bring around a lot of trouble they're doing a very good job they're really taking their time with the woodwork Mm. perfect what else do you guys want to do in the last few days that you have in tiltry holly um wants to just try to spend time with her sister so um ivy rosemary and holly just try to hang out and be together because they haven't really been together yeah the three of you Holly, Rosemary, and Ivy spend some time at Holly's Cobb, uh, just kind of catching up on work and going back to life as usual for just a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Um, Rosemary has come up with some fantastic ideas uh, <laughs> for the store. She's kind of the ideas person. Uh, Ivy, being your sister, is pretty talented uh, in crafting things as well, uh, just not to the magical degree that you have. But they've come up with these little patches. One of them says, use your voice, uh, referring back to the voice of the people that secured Bert's innocence. Another one says, don't hurt Bert. (laughs) Another patch says, stand up to Flan. And uh, these things have been selling like hotcakes in the last few Hell days. Yes. They're little badges of freedom. It's Cute. fantasy punk. Yeah. I fucking love you guys it. are amazing for coming up with these. Margot is over visiting that afternoon as well. And uh, she wants to talk to you about that weave thread that you guys found. Margot has a bit of it too, and she's been experimenting with it. She explains that you can make magic items with it, it's a very versatile uh, thread to use. Um, the thing is, when you cut the thread, it destabilizes. It'll disappear over time. So if you weave something and you cut it from the spool, that thread is going to disappear in one day. Hmm. You can stabilize it by tying it to a crystal. So Wait. if you make a magic item, it has to have a crystal to like keep it, make it permanent. Cool. Awesome. That's very cool. Bedazzle it. Its uses go beyond that, even. Let me demonstrate. Do you have a crystal on you? Always. Um, Holly pulls five out of her pocket. (laughs) (laughs) She takes uh, her very own spool of weave thread. She pulls on the thread and it comes out of the spool and she says, 
the weave thread is infinite because it's, it's tied back to the actual weave. It just pulls from thin air. But look at this. Those of us who are arcane inclined can pinch. And she takes her two fingers and she pinches the thread and it kind of separates where she pinches it. Um, hold on just a second. Holly pulls a tiny pair of um, little half-moon spectacles out of her pocket, and she perches them on her nose just because it's really fine thread and it's hard to see. Yeah. Um, also, since she aged a little bit more, she realizes she needs readers to like basically see really <laughs> oh, small things now. Cute. <laughs> and when you uh, get this new clarity on the thread, you can see that it's it's not white like you thought it was. It's actually it's a little prismatic. It reacts to the way that light hits it. So beautiful. She uh, ties one end of this thread around a crystal and then she pinches it to cut the thread. And then she ties the other end of the thread around an apple on the counter. And then she pinches the thread between those things and the thread becomes blurry. And then she walks away with the crystal and she kind of walks into the next room still holding that crystal. And then she yanks the crystal and all of a sudden the apple disappears and reappears in her hand. She says, you can pull things through the weave. The crystals are the anchor, and you can tie them to anything. And when you yank on the crystal, that thing comes to you. Leave the house without your umbrella. As long as you've got your umbrella crystal, you're fine. <laughs> um, excuse me, but does the size of the crystal matter? Doesn't seem to. Could you do very small, flat crystals that are incorporated into the fabric? I'm picturing a sequin dress. <laughs> That's entirely crystals on threads. Uh, does anybody have uh, action items they wanted to get to before we go to Margot's barbecue? I do. Um, Tibio wants to check records mm. to see if his parents came here. I imagine that after the conversation with Margot, Holly's kind of supervising the reconstruction. At my house? Yeah. Sure. Make sure they don't mess it up. Um Oh, that teacup goes on the third shelf, actually. Thank you. Oh, Everyone, oh. Um, I was hoping to very quickly stop by wherever they keep um, records of visitors to Tiltry. Um, just to look um, for, for my parents. Your parents? Your parents? I just want to see if they came here ever. I don't know. I don't, there's every chance they did not, but I have not seen them in a long time. And so I was hoping that maybe they stopped by and would have kept a record. So if maybe they got the tattoo, but it's not important. But I was just hoping to check. Do you know where they keep those? Uh, Tibio. Uh, yeah, I've looked through those records many times. I could help you out. Uh, I would very much appreciate it. Tibio, were your parents, did you know them as a child or... Did you ever oh, yes. know them? Of course, yes. They, um, much like I am doing now, they went to uh, find ancient bones to add to our family's repertoire, and um, they uh, did not return. But, and so I mostly was raised by my grandmother, but... Um, the bones springing. <laughs> I was just going to do bones. a rum springing. <laughs> rum springer? Rum springer. Bones, bone springer. Bone springer. <laughs> That's good. I couldn't get it part pulled off. Sorry. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm not supposed to necessarily be searching for them. That is not my primary goal. But I was thinking while we are here, I might check. Well, if they were ever here, we'll find them. They maybe did not want to come back. I will. Um, I doubt that. I'm going to uh, pat Tibio on the shoulder and say, if you 
ever need to talk about family stuff, I, I understand. It it is okay. I am okay. But thank you. I it will. I just want to check, and then it, we can move on. Um. So I want to spend time in the Tower of Knowledge researching anything I can about curse breakers mm-hmm. that have been written about, and then I also want to write a biography about Veronica Venus to have in the Tower of Knowledge. A eulogy. Or what's the... Obituary. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, a short biography, long obituary. Yeah, Yeah, okay. Cool. Bert, give me... I think it's going to be a performance for the obit, and it's going to be um, investigation for Curse Breakers. It's a 17 on the obit. (laughs) Okay. 17 on the investigation also. (laughs) Okay. Uh, For the... um, biography about uh, Veronica Venus uh, for as much as you appreciated her and um, enjoyed what she represented and enjoyed her company and she meant a lot to your group you didn't know her all that well which yeah. which kind of stunts some of the more poignant points that you try to make you find yourself setting up these really grand uh, um, passages but you're just kind of lacking in the payoff because you don't really know where to go with it um, well, um, I mean, I guess I have limited ways to communicate with like, um, Sheriff Tandy, is mm-hmm. that her name? Mm-hmm. Like people who knew her in Lamplight. Yeah. So it would be based kind of on interviews with them. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. So you, you get a couple of bits of information out of, out of them to, uh, to round out your piece. Uh, in the end, it's a, a very well-respected uh, article. Um, everybody from Lamplight, uh, you hear from them on it. Uh, Dave, uh, Todd, Tandy, all approach you at different times to tell you what a wonderful piece you had written, oh. and uh, how much it means to them that she was properly recognized. Uh, Margot actually um, comes to you and shows you that she had like clipped it out of a newspaper. Veronica and I were very close for a long time. It may not surprise you to learn that we were the same age for a good while. We were even closer then, but um, she made some stupid mistakes. She was reckless, self-sacrificial, but sometimes it does take people like her, acts like that, to hold it all together. I just wish it didn't have to be her. I miss her, you know? Um, as for your uh, research into Curse Breakers, mm-hmm. they've had a continuous presence in Tildry. They've always had successors. They've always had like a club here. Um, they've just been kind of a sideshow for most of history. What mm-hmm. you find is that this is a brand new threat. Their, their previous purpose was like find cursed items that are giving people a hard time and deal with them. It has never been on this level before. No mention of specters or things coming through the veil like that. Okay. So the ranks have never been, like, ex- very high or anything like no, that? Even no. though they have been getting picked off lately. Right, yes. They were they were a very quiet thing that never had really, like, a time in the limelight. Okay. So I'm just looking to see if there's a record of them arriving and doing that, like, in-town intake interview. Okay, yeah. Because um, I imagine that there's those papers are being housed somewhere. Interesting. For reference. Are you doing this by yourself? Um, probably asking Bert for help because I wouldn't even know where to start. Okay. In that case, you can take advantage on your investigation role. Okay. 
Um, so I find, I don't know how they're organized, so I kind of look around for a little bit, and then I find what I think is a binder that might have their information in it. Natural one. Oh. oh but you have advantage. You have advantage. Oh, oh God, yeah. I thought that didn't count <laughs> if it was a natural one. No, you still get it first. Okay, that's better. Um, <laughs> 15. Yeah, okay. Uh, you find two things. One, when you check with Jason Pigeon at the front gate, uh, he does find both of your parents had come through here about one year ago. <gasps> Uh, so he pulls out their interview file uh, when they came through, and it's got uh, Talus and Maxilla Femur that came through. Um, their reason for visiting was to uh, learn about our neighbors to the north. You mean learn about Tildry, because they're from the south? That's not what it said. And we live east of Tildry. They said to learn about our neighbors to the north. Okay, yeah. I thought it was south. I Is haven't that seen that map in a long time. That'd be Vindorn. Shit. Did they get stamped? Does it say? Um, they did get stamped. Uh, how long do the stamps last? Um, well, they were on like a, a guest pass, kind of like your friends. <laughs> <laughs> if you're only here for a week, let's say, it would fade in about a month. Do you know how long they stayed or is there no record? Um, I don't. And he like, like lifts up a couple sheets and he just keeps saying, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Uh. <laughs> he just, his whole body just gets more and more vague, and he kind of shrugs. <laughs> I, I, I don't. Okay. Um, uh, merci beaucoup, Mr. Pigeon. I appreciate your time <laughs> and your effort. I know that your job is very difficult, and you meet a lot of people, so it is very um, helpful that you remembered so much. He goes, yeah, I guess I do work hard. God. Thanks. I, I hope that uh, the new way the city functions, uh, I hope they all treat you well. I don't know. It might just be me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bert's part of this investigation. Uh, you check the, uh, the Tower of Knowledge's library records. Mm-hmm. Uh, you find that Talus and Maxilla had checked out a book on vampires, and another book on curses. Oh, boy. Uh, Bert, did you see anything in the library about my parents? Uh, I did. Did you see anything in the registration office about your parents? Yes. I think they were here to learn about Vindorn, but I do not know why. Oh, Vindorn, huh? That place with the uh, vampires? <laughs> yes, that is where the vampires live. Do you think that they maybe f- met a vampire? Your folks checked out some books on vampires and curses while they were here. Vampires and curses? I don't know, man. Uh, I don't, I don't, what would they be doing? Thank you so much, Bert, for your help. I'm going to go back to Holly's house. Okay, Tims. I hope everything works out. Going back to Holly's to prepare for the barbecue, which is tonight. BBQ! Um, So, Margot has invited you all to a lovely barbecue in a uh, 
fantastic fuck you to the uh, judges that have just been uh, removed from Tildry. The barbecue is being held on the burnt remains of the guild house. Wow. <laughs> um, the, yeah. the entire establishment is, uh, you know, just burnt to the ground between two other buildings. Um, but she's got a big grill set up in there. And uh, <laughs> the uh, refreshment table has been revitalized a little bit. Um, Holly, you had stopped by earlier today to see that your home uh, is also nearly fully repaired and uh, done in spectacular fashion. Your guildies really pulled a solid for you. My guildies! <laughs> um, as you approach the barbecue, you see uh, Margot is at the grill with her tongs, uh, the grill master, uh, wearing her apron. What, yeah, what does her apron say? It says, kill him and grill him. Oh. Um, <laughs> I am now questioning this meat. It says uh, uncurse the cook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Nice. Uncurse the cook. Um, you also see uh, the Barrow family is there. Uh, Ulrich and all of his farm boys are there. Uh, the lamplighters are all there. That's, you know, Dave and Tandy and, and all them. Uh, and of course, uh, the remainder of Holly's guildmates are there. Uh, Mina, Benjamin Blank, and uh, everybody else. So Ulrich and Ilya are kind of clinging to each other for a lot of the time. Uh, you can see that Ilya is pretty like uncomfortable and doesn't know who to like hover around. Mm -hmm. And just like, you know, she's a she's a fighter. She like, you know, she takes people out for work and like she finds herself at a barbecue and doesn't know what the hell to do. That's a family trait, I think. I'm also standing awkwardly in a corner. <laughs> she uh, walks up to you and uh, she says, uh, oh man. Yeah. <clears throat> I take a very loud sip of my ale. She immediately looks towards you and says, uh, can I get you a refill or? Uh, Sure. Thanks. <laughs> the extent of your interaction. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I'm like arms akimbo. I don't know where to put my hands. <laughs> she very uncomfortable. walks away with your drink and you're just kind of standing there alone. And uh, Ulrich comes up to you and says, Hey, people's champion. Yep. It was all me. How have you been? Recovering well? And he like slaps you on the back super hard. <clears throat> little, little tender. You're like a, a big name in the city now. He uh, gets this kind of self-satisfied smirk, and he says, Yeah, guess I am a little bit. You know, Margo and I were trying to um, integrate. And he, like, pulls up both of his hands, and he, like, slides his fingers together, and he says, the, uh, the farm people in the inner city, for the first time, they're equals. You know, it's a big deal. That's pretty cool. Proud of you, man. Thanks, Dooley. I, I didn't expect that out of you. Yeah, well... Why are you doing that chicken wing thing? <laughs> I'm trying to like nudge him in the arm, but he's too far away. <laughs> Says, well, hey, um, you've heard of the multi-magic triathlon, right? I mean, that's what we were gearing up to train for. I mean, you only mention it every single time we talk. Right. Um, it used to be the judges that ran that whole show, and uh, Margo and I have kind of called it off. Hmm. We've got enough on our plate needing to rebuild the whole city and, you know, work on adult stuff, you know? Yeah. Not my forte, but Margo's helping out. <laughs> anyway, um, they had a prize set aside uh, for whoever, you know, completed first place in the triathlon. And we figured it should go to you. <laughs> right? I mean, you're the one who ultimately got rid of the the thing we all saw it that big explosion on top of the tower when the top half came tumbling down oh yeah 
little little foresight would have been better next time. Well, you know, they're working on fishing at the top half of the tower out of the lake, but championship gloves are yours. Gloves. And he uh, holds up a pair of thick leather gloves with steel plates on the knuckles. Oh, hell yes. I finally get my brass knuckles. Punch gloves. (laughs) Punch gloves. He says... Whenever somebody uh, throws magic at you, you can catch a little bit of it and throw it back at them. So the the technical behind this is uh, it has an active ability and a passive ability. Okay. So the active part is uh, once per day, you can give yourself advantage on a spell save. Okay. The passive ability on it is whenever you uh, succeed a spell save, like a spell has been cast on you and you roll high enough, your gloves become charged with magical energy, and you can use that charge as a bonus action to deal 1d4 damage per level of the spell that you grabbed. So for instance, if somebody throws a fireball at you, that's a third level spell. If you succeed the save against that, you automatically get a like 3d4 magic bolt of fire that gets stored into the into the gloves and then as a bonus action you can release that on somebody punch it back at them correct snack goes up to uh margo who is working the grill Mm -hmm. and um pulls on her apron and just just to mention snack is now basically the size of a normal person it's just a habit so he like reaches down and pulls on her apron (laughs) at eye level she looks down as if a child had got her attention and then immediately looks up to look snack in the eyes that's so cute though (laughs) margo um yes snack i i was thinking about something it's almost done i promise that's that's wonderful uh margo um not too long ago, um, Holly's basement was full of animals. Um, yes, all of the polymorph victims, correct? What was weird is, um, I've killed a lot of animals in my day, and there was no way to tell that they were people. I was just thinking about that <laughs> while you're... <laughs> did, you re- did you check, just to be sure, before... She uh, takes her tongs and flips over a chicken breast on the grill... <laughs> And looks down at you and she says, It'd be better if we didn't know, wouldn't it? Secret cannibal. (laughs) And she winks at you. I I suppose. um, Would it bother you if you were eating human flesh? Uh, She uh, picks off uh, a rib off of the grill and she like puts it between your teeth and takes a bite and she says, Doesn't bother me one bit. (laughs) Snack's eyes are wide and he doesn't make eye contact with Margot. But, um... Takes a couple steps back, comes back, and then grabs one of the chicken wings off, off the grill. <laughs> yeah, she just smirks as you as you take it off the grill. And I scamper away. As Zach walks away, Margo takes a big drag <laughs> yeah. of whatever she's been smoking. Yeah. She's like, mmm, people meet. <laughs> um, actually, Snack, as you're uh, walking away, chewing on a chicken bone, um, you bump into Todd Pole. Ah! Hey there. Uh, hey, guy. Todd. Yeah, he's a good guy, huh? And he, like, pats you on the head like you're an animal. Mm, yes, we are both heroes. What is it? Uh, well, hey, I just, uh, you know, I saw you futzing with something, uh, back in Lamplight. And, um, well, hey, I found another one just like it. Craziest thing. See, I pulled up this fish the other day. I was, uh, fishing out in the lake. And, uh, good fishing out here by the towers, by the mm. way. If you're, are you a fisher? 
I anyway, yes. not a big deal. Um, so I pulled up this big sucker, right, and uh, pulled him upside down, and he just started spitting up all this garbage, right? I mean, like coins, <laughs> shiny things, what? all really? this stuff. But then there's this rock, see? And I seen you with a rock like this before, and he, he shows you the hawk rock. Oh, the, yeah, uh, the spiteful stone. He found it. Yeah, uh, haven't you used this before? I have. And he hands it to you. Hmm. Todd, who do you dislike the most in this room right now? <laughs> uh, he, he points to Sheriff Tandy, and he says, On the down low, she's a thorn in my side sometimes. <laughs> I see. Well, um, snack with his back turned. Yeah, I just toss it over my shoulder casually. Um, aiming for, yeah, Sheriff Tandy. He says, Why do you ask? Uh, <laughs> and uh you see uh sheriff tandy is uh talking to uh tibio and bert and she's saying um it's just it's been a, a tough couple of months but um there's brightness and even the t- and she like turns around uh and you see a stone fall to the floor and she like scans the crowd todd pull tandy like looks at the two of you todd <laughs> How are you doing, Todd? It's so wonderful to see you. Oh, Sheriff Tandy, you as well. Todd looks down at you and says, last time I help you. And he, like, walks up to Tandy to try to smooth over the situation a little bit. (laughs) I walk up uh, gleefully. Uh, You can see the stone sitting on the floor, kind of in the space between them. Sheriff Tandy, this Uh, is outside your jurisdiction, right? Jurisdiction? Uh, For crimes? Snack, she's not here on business. She's here to help us. I thought you were a sheriff. Not here. So, yes, it is out of my jurisdiction. Sheriff Tandy, I do apologize. It was out of my usual behavior to have thrown this rock, but... Snack. And she boops you on the nose. Uh, oh. And I, I reach in and <laughs> grab a handful, a handful of coins. coins. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. This is all I have. And I give her a handful of coins. She glances down at it and uh, she says... 27 gold pieces. You are amazing at counting. She goes, I know, I should have gone into mathematics, but it's the law for me. <laughs> it, was an, it was a magical experiment that you were a subject of, and I do apologize. This rock, see, it will hit anything we so wish. And uh, Todd had mentioned um, he admires you most, so. She uh, looks over at Todd and says, Hmm. One other thing before I uh, go back to the barbecue. Be careful. Some of what you are eating may have been human flesh. (laughs) I'm going to shift around my eyes and (laughs) scamper away. Bert has a big mouthful of hamburger, and he kind of lets it drop out of his mouth. (laughs) Tibio is flabbergasted, and as Snack is running away, just goes, Snack, don't say that to anyone else. Mm. Uh, Snack, you look up at Margo, and she's just pointing at you with the tongs and winking. (laughs) I flinch a little bit. Holly um, walks up at that moment with a turkey leg in one hand, and she's like, oh, look at this pretty rock, and picks it up off the ground, and she pockets it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, Snack, I think you see that happen, that she pockets it, and she kind of walks away with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I forgot that we let Snack be our treasurer. (laughs) (laughs) Uli, you're, uh, um, you're kind of standing off to the side by yourself, and... Waiting for my beer. Ilya shows back up uh, with your refill and one for her and uh, sees you standing with Ulrich. And she says, uh, hey. And Ulrich says, hey. And they both look at you. Hey. I wander over. <laughs> <laughs> Tibia, when you walk up, they all just kind of look at you and go, ah. 
Um, I am grinning ear to ear because I think it's wonderful. Um, hey, hey, Tivio, what, do you need something? I can go. Ilya says, did you guys... Uh, oh, go ahead. No, I... Uh, uh, no, I did not need anything. I was just coming over to say hello. What were you going to say, Ilya? Nothing. I'm just, I'm good. Um, um, how are you? I, no, I'm doing good. Have you uh, recovered from your injuries? Mostly. I mean, that guy, she points at Bert. I, I don't really know how to talk to him, but he helped me out a lot. And I don't know. I feel like I've had a hard time getting that across, but he saved my life twice. And he didn't ask for anything. That is what we do. We help wherever we go. But it's like, someday he's going to ask me for something, and I don't know what it's going to be. No, never. No, he could, though, and I'd do it. I'd do anything. <laughs> yeah. Ulrich is just nodding his head like, yep, yeah, that's, that's how it works. That is, that's how it works, right? From across the room, Bert, Ilya looks at you and says, just whatever, okay? Just whatever you want. Uh, excuse me? <laughs> just say it. Uh, I could use another drink. Uh, finally, okay, yes. Yes, I can do that. And she like heads over towards the drinks again. <laughs> Great. It's so it's so good to see you all together. Aren't aren't there more of you? I think there were more siblings. Yeah, there's a lot more of us. I know there is the brother who makes the ale who is not Ulrich. Right, that's Benth. And then there's Barrett and Dor and Viri. Oh no, that's And then my parents and then I have like probably 23 cousins and my grandparents and aunts and uncles and second cousins back home there's like a whole lot of us oh wow which one are you thinking about um i don't know anymore (laughs) hey everybody sorry to uh steal your attention momentarily but um i'm heading out i'm uh headed east uh still looking for my brother um if anybody gets information please send word uh, you, Dave, are you heading back to Lamplate? No, actually. I, uh, it seems like they didn't go west at all. Um, no sign of, uh, of my brother or Joe in Tildry, so we're gonna try scanning east and see what that turns up. Well, I am anyway. The rest of the Lamplighters are heading home tomorrow. Dave, uh, you be sure to let us know if you run into those two also. I don't think you should take them on by yourself. Where are we heading next? Holly, are you planning on staying? No, I think, I guess I never really thought of myself as an adventurer that would leave my shop, but um, Rosemary and Ivy really seem to have a handle on things. The business is booming, and I got this tattoo for a reason. So I'm all in wherever you guys need to go. Maybe we should be tracking down Joe again now that Tiltry is safe. That is pretty much our only lead. Almost as if some kind of governing force <laughs> was controlling the momentum of this some story. Kind of benevolent <laughs> God. Um, <laughs> someone shows up at the barbecue saying, uh, I was told to seek out uh, Holly Hyacinth. That's me. Holly perks up and walks on over. Holly Hyacinth, uh, I have a missive. You've been served. <laughs> yeah, you've been served. You're going to <laughs> I, I, I have a missive, and I won't accept a copper less than two gold pieces for it. Two gold pieces? I came a long way in a short amount of time. Where'd you come from? A long way in a short amount of time. <laughs> uh, 
I came from the road where I met this uh, aggressive blonde-haired guy with a big old sword who handed me this note and said, find Holly Hyacinth. And here I am. Oh, Emery. Bank of snack. What? Holly sticks a hand in her pocket and pokes two fingers through the back of her pocket, a little hole. Mm -hmm. And then she like wiggles her fingers at snack, like, hey, give it to me to give her, give me some money. (laughs) I give her the rest of my uh, drumstick. (laughs) She like, she like drops it and then she messages snack. Um, She's like, no, I need money, you dummy. (laughs) Holly, you dropped it on the ground. I'll still eat it, but rude. (laughs) I need two gold pieces. Okay, I give her two gold pieces and they're covered in barbecue. (laughs) (laughs) Holly like pulls them out of her pocket. (laughs) They're sticky. And she's like, I'm sorry. And she gives them over to the courier. Uh, It's a a very, let's say it's a halfling. Uh, It's a pot-bellied halfling. Uh, Takes the coins uh, and they're like covered in barbecue sauce. And he just like (laughs) takes the coins and puts both of them completely in his mouth and just sucks them. Think about putting pennies. Like pennies in your mouth. Yucky, yucky, yucky. Um, He hands you a tiny scrap of paper with uh, an equal amount of grime on it. Um, says, fuck you. Ho- Holly. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you guys. <laughs> Holly grabs the piece of paper and has like barbecue on um, her left hand fingers and she opens up the piece of paper. Holly like gets a thumbprint over some of the text and she can't read it at first. So she's like, ah, and she presses it. She shakes it and presses digitations um, her fingers and the piece of paper clean. <laughs> Beautiful. The missive says, <clears throat> I've been following a trail of people who claim to have seen a beetle monster. The clues all seem to lead east towards a small town called Hogwild. Fuck. Holly reads it real quick, and then she says, Hogwild? And then immediately all of the Nis children. Heads turn. Heads turn. <laughs> uh, you hear Ulrich goes, Benth! And... And, uh, and Barrett. Yeah. And Barrett. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Dor and Viri and no, well, our parents. Yeah. And Wait, wait, wait. Is this where your family lives? A lot of them. Guess we're having a family reunion. Yay. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Tim, your DM and your genie. I'm Hannah, playing Holly Hyacinth. I'm Thomas. I play Engelbert F.F. Wisherspoon. I'm Tara, and I play Tibio Femur. I'm John. I play Snack the Cobalt. And I'm Maggie, playing Uli. (laughs) 